Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly, okay? Back in the studio dude, what a privilege, what an honour. I was out there recording mobile, I was sort of, I was, a, I was the podcast and wherever I went, the podcast came with me. You know, I was not a, I was not loyal to any one location. And that's podcasting, mate. That's 2023. That's the internet, you know. You got a microphone and a dream. That's all you bloody need, brother. So good to be back in the studio, aka my home. And it's it's exciting, dude. Thank you to everyone who came to my Melbourne Comedy Festival shows. I had like the sickest run. Sold heaps of tickets. Shows went great. I actually broke a Melbourne Comedy Festival record uh, for having the most people leave mid-show to get a beer and come back. So appreciate that. For the love of God, people, bring in two drinks at the start of the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you if you're seeing Avatar fucking three, you get the 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 extra large popcorn. You don't order a small popcorn and then nip out. You'll miss the blue guys throwing hands. So, appreciate it nonetheless. The shows were super fun. Some were heaps loose. Some were some were just really great crowds. One was bad. You know who you are, and and yeah, I don't know. Just I just had a great time. The Coopers Inn suits me to a T. That venue, literally, not even. This is just a coincidence. This is just manifest destiny. The universe aligning. The Coopers Inn has that Carlton draft where it's like from the keg, the bronze keg. This is not something I looked into when booking a venue. This is not something that was on my, you know, must-have list. But if you gun to my head, said Billy Darcy, what would your perfect Melbourne Comedy Festival venue have? I would say Carlton draft via the bronze keg. And well, look and behold, dude, for a cool $73, you can have one pint of that stuff. So it was absolutely delicious. And thank you to the venue. But yeah, Melbourne was unreal. I am exhausted. Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying, oh, comedy's such a grind. My art. I'm suffering for my art. It's because I had roughly 15 pints a night. And by the end of that thing, me and Freddie were pretty much nocturnal, dude. So it was exhausting. It was self-inflicted, no sympathy required, nor is it being asked for, okay? To the loyal followers of the Restless JPEG, my 17 YouTube subscribers, last year, last week's video is not up yet. I haven't got around to it. It's just me looking so hungover in, an, in the world's shittest Airbnb uh, with barely a voice, okay? If you thought, oh, who's this husky devil last week who's replaced Billy Darcy? Some of these vocal tones are pretty goddamn sexy. That was actually, I'd say that was about 45% of Billy D last week. That was all I had, okay? I lost my voice three times throughout my run. And technically, that was a half run of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. That's the thing, dude. I did 11 shows. The full run is 22. So best of luck to my soldiers still in the trenches. I saw a couple of comedians at the airport like who were doing the second two weeks 
And I honestly felt like it was like ships crossing in the night for like tours of Afghanistan. I fucking saluted these young soldiers. And I said, best of luck out there, okay? Do not go out on a Monday, Tuesday, or a Wednesday. You will torpedo your weekend. You will back yourself into a corner where you will be going out nine out of the 11 nights. You will lose sight of why you even came to this town in the first place, okay? You'll be getting on the piss with Tony Armstrong thinking, how good's this? Well, guess what, mate? That's not why you're there. Even though it's sick, it's not why you're there. So a lot of good times. Uh, crashing back to earth here in Sydney, I'm fucking out of my feet. But also, I completely forgot that my car is broken down. <laughs> I came back to Sydney and I was like, I got off the bus. Like there's a bus stop, like a 20-minute walk from here that goes to the city. And usually I'll leave my car there for upwards of seven days. It's 24 hours. I take absolute liberties on this street, okay? There's an apartment block over there where if they see the metro pull up, they know. That thing's here till June, okay? But then I got off the bus and I thought, where did I park the old girl? And then I was like, oh, that's right. I don't have a car anymore. (laughs) The old girl's broken down. It's got two months of rego left on her. I honestly think it's going to be Cube City for the metro, which you hate to see. Uh, So, yeah, that's something I'm still... I haven't really addressed yet. I'm coming to terms. Do you ever get this? I'm the sort of guy where if a problem is presented to me, I need three days to to be like, all right, there is a problem. I need three days just to identify or, or just really accept the fact that the problem exists in the first place. That's processing time. Then I need another three days to wrap my head around the possible options at my disposal, right? Right now, I've got buy a new car, repair the metro, just become a bus guy, okay? Could I mean, it's, it's on the table. I'm not saying it's something I'm going to do, but it's on the table. Then I need another week or so to really lock in on, on what I should do. Or failing that, my favorite thing is either... I have a dream and it becomes apparent in my dream or uh, two of the options knock themselves out through a series of circumstances. That's how Billy Darcy makes decisions, okay? I'm not one of these guys who grab, you know, looks into his gut, his soul and goes, bam, here's what we're doing, no questions asked. I like to let things marinate a little bit. And once it becomes blaringly obvious what I should have done two and a half months earlier, that's when I act, Okay. That's how an alpha male goes about his business. So we'll see how that goes. It's been a whirlwind of, of a week. I am exhausted. Got back Monday night, straight back on the tools Tuesday morning because I'm blue collar. Okay. They said, they said, Bill, you can have Tuesday off, rest, recuperate. I said, being on the tools is my rest, mate. Okay. Check my collar. It's as blue as that blue healer in the back of my hypothetical ute. So all good there. Gigging away again. I've done three gigs in the last two nights. I don't know. I don't know if this, is a po- this podcast could just turn into a cry for help, but I've got too much happening right now. I was just bombing in front of the, un- the uninspired. I always say the uninspired unemployed. The inspired unemployed. They're extremely inspired. Bombing in front of the lads the other night or middling out just going like, dude, why did I say yes to this? <laughs> so a lot going on. I've come back into a pretty significant rental crisis here in Sydney. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod before, but we got our termination notice here at the Manly Lad Pad. 
not through any ill will, although we did receive a pretty aggressive noise complaint uh, from Shano upstairs after one of the more rowdy UFC Sundays we hosted. But yeah, we uh, we got a termination notice because our apartment got sold. So now we got to move out, middle of a rental crisis. Me, Macra, and Adzi are going our separate ways for the first time ever. And this is going to be a real adjustment. I am nervous for this. I think I have definitely... I mean, we're set in our ways. These things happen when you live with people for a long time. Uh, Adzi's going He's going off to live on the northern beaches somewhere. Mac is doing his thing. And I'm in a rental crisis now looking for an apartment in the city where you go to these open homes and there's like 65 people there. And they're all, they all earn maybe $200,000 a year more than you. Their hair's neater than yours. Their girlfriend exists, you know. These blokes have us covered in the city, okay? You hear these stories like, I told a comedian that I was looking for an apartment in the city and he was like, huh, you know, you get this thing where it's like, huh, good luck, brother, okay? He was like, my brother is a doctor and his girlfriend is a doctor and they both are members of the UN and their best friend is the prime minister and they earn $500,000 a year and they have been looking for an apartment for 17 years in the city. You'll never get one. You know, these are the things you hear and it's unsettling and it's scary. And I'll say this, dude, forget about it. Already secured it. A beautiful terrace smack bang in the middle of Surrey Hills, okay? Don't talk about it. Be about it, okay? I don't care how many how many trendy, you know, mixed race people are lining up in the city with their with their ice lattes and their hopes and their dreams. We don't care, dude, okay? We're here to rip, grip it and rip it, rip and tear other analogies that have the word rip in them and we've already secured a pad so too easy i am taking my talents south of the bridge me rowan rowan's mate rowan's mate's sister it's a brand new setup okay looking forward to it do not believe the banks inflation is a state of mind brother so can't wait walking distance to the shakespeare hotel Love the shaky, dude. Okay. Love the shaky. I offered absolutely zero help in securing the uh, unit. I was actually in Melbourne for the whole process. So Rowan messaged me one day. I was in Melbourne. He said, we're going to go inspect this property. I said, okay. Because the reality is, mate, if you're not participating in the search for the house, you can't also be particularly picky, you know? You can't say, all right, I'm going to offer no assistance. I'm actually, I'm, not only am I offering no assistance, I'm not even in the same state as the properties we're looking for, okay? You can't then say, by the way, it's marble kitchen tops or I'm fucking out, okay? You can't, you, you can't be both ways. You jump in one side of the pool, mate, okay? So I said, sweet, I'm in Melbourne. You boys do your thing. I didn't think anything of it. I'm down in Melbourne you know, doing comedy, as it were. And I'm having a great time. Rowan just messaged me one day. He said, mate, we got the apartment. I said, beautiful. There it is. Job done. Okay. I have not seen, (laughs) I have not laid eyes on the last three properties I've lived in before I've actually moved in. And here's the thing, mate, is why would you? Me looking at this place that I'm going to move into, I'm moving in. 
Okay, I'm moving in no matter what. Me looking at it, what's that going to do? I'm asking you, mate, okay? Fucking DM me, brother. Let me know. What's it going to do? So, you know, the move-in's happening. I'll see it when I see it. I've seen some photos. They look good. We have a patio. That's pretty much the only requirement I have. I didn't even specify that the only requirement I really have is an outdoor entertaining area. Okay, somewhere I can stand and have banter and light narcotics on a Friday night after a long work week. That's really my only sort of, if I did have a requirement, I don't know, hot water, that'd be it. And, and the boys have nailed it. So it's play on. It's too easy. And I'm super excited. Uh, obviously, moving south of the bridge from the north, you know, a lot of people, and this was, you know, this sort of isn't something I broadcast, but a lot of people over this side of the bridge do refer to me as the king of the north or depending on what circles you run in, the king in the north. So this is huge. You know, this is LeBron to Miami. This is Jared Hayne to jail. You know, just whatever whatever crazy thing where it's like this person is usually here and now they're somewhere else. That's kind of like what this is. So it's exciting. I, I intend to rebrand quite aggressively. My sister messaged me yesterday and she said, I heard you're moving to Surrey Hills. Just want to double check your pronouns before I see you next. Ha 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 ha. God, that is such a, such a Northern pig thing to say. You know, people in the North are absolutely disgusting. I'll say it. Okay. I will say it. Um, they all, they all hate the poor and lick and, and you know, drink coffees with full cream milk and I find the whole thing abhorrent, okay? So, yeah, I haven't reviewed my pronouns, but it's something I'm looking into. I'm not going to start drinking oat milk, but I'm going to stop hurling gay slurs at people who do. So I think that's in a good balance, okay? You can't fucking readjust your whole personality in a day. So I think all you can do is your best, and I'm going to take this one step at a time. I will start treating poor people with a little bit more respect, you know, I'm very Northern Beaches in that on paper, I am poor, okay? Obviously, I've come from a privileged background, but I don't have any money. So that is sort of the definition of, of poor is not having any money. But I'm very Northern Beaches in that through my whole 20s, I've never really had a cent to my name. In fact, if you want to get really in the weeds, there's been many times, long periods, in fact, where I've had less than no money. I've actually had minus money, okay? But throughout that whole thing you know fucking five figures in the hole what's doing i still identified as a wealthy person and that's because i'm from the north mate so it's been good uh i'm looking into potentially getting a nose ring i don't know if my pecker would be able to pull that off i won't be changing my haircut but i think now people will just assume i'm bisexual okay this is a straight haircut north of the bridge and there's some wiggle room south of the bridge so i've got a lot on my plate but I'm looking forward to it. You know, south of the bridge, there is a lot more Matildas fans south of the bridge, which I'm looking forward to. Apart from Adzi and Macra, I've never even met anyone north of the bridge who knows we have an Australian women's soccer team, let alone supports them. So looking forward to that. Speaking of, dude, speaking of, what about the Tillies, hey? 2-0 over the Poms the other night in England. We come to your backyard. We fucking tell you who's who and what's what. And this is great. 
This is absolutely sensational. Sam Kerr with a runaway. Charlie Grant scored the second goal. I'm not familiar with Charlie Grant, but now I am. You know what I mean? That's how that works. But So it's very exciting. Big win over the old enemy. And I will say, Matildas just beat England in football. Okay, in their backyard as well. Now we're going over there for the Ashes next. Uh, ben Stokes came out and said they want flat wickets for this Bazball shit. For me, mate, the fact you are doctoring the wickets in any way, shape, or form has shown your first, your first bit of weakness, okay? You, you might be the most aggressive ginger man on the planet, but Pat Cummins has a smile that just won't quit. So I'm very confident ahead of the Ashes. And I think if we go Matildas beat them in football, we beat them in the Ashes, then our men are playing their men in football in October at Wembley, yeah? Fucking Wembley Stadium. If we whitewash them across all three of these, I think we don't need to have a referendum. I think we just became a republic, okay? Long live the king or who gives a fuck, dude? We're out. I think, I think that is honestly the thing that will get us out. If we, if we clean sweep them across the two sports they hold most dear, that's it. No laws required. Change the money. Let's fucking go, dude. So I'm looking forward to that. And I was looking up because uh, I thought I thought the Matildas and the Socceroos were playing around the same time for some reason. So I looked up the men are playing in October and it said the Combank Matildas will play on, you know, April whatever against England. That's great. The Lionesses, which is a pretty cool name for the English team, I will admit. And and then I, th- I saw the Socceroos are playing in October. And is anyone aware of this? Our men's football team is currently the Subway Socceroos. (laughs) Is anyone across this? Is anyone across the fact right now that our national football team is called the Subway Socceroos? Now, I understand the need for corporate partnership, and I definitely can appreciate some alliteration as much as the next man. But fucking hell, lads, this doesn't look good. (laughs) The Subway Socceroos. Look, as long as they're not eating it, I'm fine with it. But God forbid, if some of these lads are having a fucking chicken and bacon ranch before they head out, we got huge problems, dude. Massive problems. Okay. And I'm a Subway guy. I love Subway. I love it more than anyone. But if our boys are knocking over a foot-long pizza sub and then engaging in any cardio whatsoever, let alone football at the highest level, we are fucked. Okay. The cheese isn't even real cheese. Old English cheese, I don't even know what that orange stuff is, dude. That old English cheese might be a ploy from the English to, to slug up our boys a bit, you know? They, they teed up the Subway deal to slow down our men. So that's extremely worrying. Subway is not a performance food. It's a shutdown meal, okay? It is a shutdown meal. Yes. I mean, we may as well be the fucking KFC Socceroos at this point. Like, you know what I mean? I think we all know what I mean. Maybe the KFC analogy on top of it was a bit heavy-handed. But anyway, got some yarns from the week that was. A lot of yarns from the Melbourne Comedy Festival, a lot of boozing, etc. Cover those in the second half with Rowan. But there's one yarn I would like to chat about. So, yeah, the Cooper's in. The publican at the Cooper's in. Absolute mad hatter, this bloke, Matt. Just an absolute legend. And is there anything better than getting on the gas with the owner of a pub? 
because it's like you've got the keys to the city. The calls are coming from inside the house. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. The rules don't apply. And so sick. So my mate Heath Franklin, he uh, he does Chopper, the comedian. Heath Franklin's Chopper. So he's extremely popular. And he goes, Bill, let's get a beer one night after the shows. Maybe blaze a little bit. I go, Heath, mate, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Let's do it. He goes, sweet, I'll meet you at the Coopers Inn at fucking 10 or whatever. Now, the Coopers Inn, I would say outside of a Billy Darcy show, the clientele is a little bit older, maybe 30s, 40s. I'm not sure. During my, during my run there, most nights it was filled to the brim with uh, legends in their 20s who have come out to see the arts, which I appreciate. And anyway, so my mate Heath rolls in, Chopper. He's not in his Chopper outfit, but you can still fucking tell it's him. Mate, absolute hysteria. I don't think I got a, I got a word in with Heath for the first 45 minutes. People were just like, holy fucking shit, it's Chopper. He's fucking here. This is unbelievable. And people are quoting shit he said like in the 90s. It was crazy. This one guy bought us both beers and then starts doing his routine from like 2001 from the Ronnie John's half hour or whatever it was called. Like unbelievable, dude. The, uh, it was... Uh, it was the hysteria around Chopper had to be seen to be believed. And the publican comes over, Matt. He's like the biggest Chopper fan ever. He's absolutely loving it. You know, all of a sudden it's raining free beers. He's got, he's got Heath behind the bar pouring pints while he films it going, Chopper is pouring pints at my pub. This is a dream come true. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was absolutely fantastic. And then so we start getting on it with the publican. He goes, right, boys, I'll be back in a sec. He comes back with a deck of ciggies and a deck of menthol ciggies and goes, pick your poison. I go, fucking hell, I've been off the vapes and the ciggies for a couple of months now. And uh, I've been going pretty well with it. But, I mean, menthols, how could you turn down a menthol? They're not even real cigarettes, if you ask me. You know, they're like novelty. So, now we're smoking menthols. Me and Heath are blazing a bit in the beer garden. You love to see it. You know, pints of Carlton Draft, menthol cigarettes, sold out show that night. I'm living La Vida Loca, dude. I'm having a great time. And then this random woman who was hanging around, she sort of clings onto the group. And she's just one of these people where she's like, and sometimes people do this, and it is, I think it's it's sweet, but also I just think it's kind of fucking lame, where she's like, comedians, ugh, you guys are so important. You guys are so important. We need to laugh. We need to be able to laugh. Without you guys, we'd be fucked, man. And I love stand-up comedy more than anything. And I do think it's important to a certain degree. But sometimes, you know, does get a bit much with people like, you guys are like the modern-day poets, man. You fucking, you're, you're like, you're like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a philosopher. You're like Marcus Aurelius, man. You're like the, the you know, you're like the new fucking... Can't think of a second one. Shit. Anyway, edit that out, Darcy. <laughs> or think of a second philosopher and edit it back in. We'll fix it in post. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, some people are like, oh man, you know, you guys are so important. You guys are the fucking fabric holding this shit together, man. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know who you saw, but I don't think my show is holding much together. Uh, <laughs> pretty banterous stuff, okay? So, anyway, 
So she's she's came on. She starts going. We got to change the system. We got to change the system. Like all this sort of shit. And it's fucking annoying, you know. <laughs> like it, she had the energy of me at like sixteen when I first discovered like conspiracy videos on YouTube. We got to change the system, man. Like you know this sort of shit. She was like the Illuminati controls us all. And she was a bit of fun, but also it was kind of annoying. And uh, anyway, so now closing time Matt's like lock it in we got a lock-in going dude on a Wednesday night a Wednesday night lock-in this is something we've not seen before it's unbelievable dude so really fucking exciting and now we got we got choosing the tunes in the pub endless free pints of Carlton Draft coming in I'm blazed I'm smoking menthol cigarettes so much fun dude and then uh the publican puts on hunters and collectors and this chick's still carrying on. And uh, I can't remember what she was saying. God, it was fucking annoying. And uh, anyway, Hunters and Collectors is on. And this is the best moment of the night. This chick's going, we've got to change the system, man. If, if we created the system, we can change it. Like this hot... And then I said to her at one point, I go, what, what system will replace it? She's like, I don't fucking know. And it's like, well, just, well, just shut up then. Just shut up. <laughs> like, anyway. And then Hunters and Collectors comes on and this chick's yapping on. And Matt the Publican goes, look, babe, right now, this song is all that fucking matters. Nothing else matters, okay? Don't worry about the fucking system. This is what it's all about. And I thought, this guy fucking gets it, dude. And then I got home at like 2 a.m. It was the wildest hangover. And I didn't get a single word in with my friend Heath, nor did I need to, okay? Memories were created that will last a lifetime. And that really torpedoed my week because me and Freddie got gassed up on the Monday because it was our night off. Now it's the Wednesday and then just sort of through to the fucking Monday. Then I'm bombing in front of the Inspired Unemployed and then then I'm on the tools. Now I'm wearing a bucket hat. There's too much going on, okay? There's too much going on. Just like to quickly plug my tour dates. Got this weekend, Perth, April 15. Next week, I'm in Brisbane, April 22 shows, early and late. Come on through. Big session at Rick's after that one. Then I'm going Newcastle, April 27. Canberra, April 29. Wollongong, May 6. Adelaide, May 13. Sydney, May 18. Come on through, dude. You can get all those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. Get the bloody hell involved, hey? This is my only tour for the year, so be there or be square or something cooler than that. <laughs> okay, so a couple of topics for this week. Firstly, uh, bu- 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 anyway, so I thought I'd do my top five favorite things about Perth. And I'll probably do these for every city because I think it's pretty fun. So anyway, I love Perth for a number of reasons. Number one, it's like 1973 over there, dude. Like, houses are still like 17K and everyone has one. It's fucking sick. I remember when I stayed with my mates years ago in Perth, they were paying like $110 rent each for like a pretty sick house, like 10 minutes from the city. It's unbelievable, okay? Even like blokes who are like working at Woolies own a home. Like, there's no, it's so, it's like not rat racy over there at all. It's like, it's like almost Italy. They're just chilling, having fucking siestas and shit. I love it. Milling around. It's great, dude. It's got four train lines and they just, that's it. They're not whipping around town all over the place. 
It's a fucking simple place, Perth, okay? You get your missus, you get your job, you get your house, you have a coffee on Cottesloe Beach, and that's that, okay? That's that. But anyway, next, second thing I love about Perth, by far the most aggressive homeless people in Australia. Dude, the homeless in Northbridge are not fucking around. They're just out here just berating telegraph poles and twitching and shit, okay? Some people say there's a meth problem in Perth. I wouldn't go that far, but I will say these boys are on performance enhancers and it shows, okay? Holy fucking shit, dude. These are... The thing with the the methed up homeless is that they got places to be, dude. The homeless in Perth... They're not sitting there like just milling around. They're like charging past you, screaming into a Bluetooth headset that's not connected to anything. Okay? They're fucking, they're here. They're, 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 it's like if homeless people watched like Gary V and wanted to assault you. Dude, the homeless, the homeless in Perth are fucking crazy, dude. It's scary. But, uh, but also, you know, I wish them the best. It's obviously a systemic issue we should take extremely seriously and not make light of, okay? Third thing I love about Perth is just the arrogance of that city. Just to be so far away while also being the fourth best city in this nation. To be the most expensive to get to and the fourth best. That takes confidence I've not seen from other cities. I think my flights to Perth uh, return were like $750, okay? Okay? $750. That's too much. You know, I'm halfway to London, babe. Like, what are we doing here? For that amount of money, if, when I get off the plane, you guys better be speaking another language when I get there. You know, I don't want some white guy called Craig welcoming me at the airport. I think I'm flying Jetstar. No, I think I'm flying Virgin, but I think you can fly Jetstar to Perth. No Jetstar flight should be fucking $800, dude. Like, this is crazy. What is going on? But I appreciate that you guys are just like, yeah, dude, this is what it costs to come to our city. Pay to play, brother, okay? Pay to play. Uh, the fourth thing I love about Perth is Perth takes credit for their beaches, but all the best beaches are outside of Perth. They're not even in Perth, you know? Perth is like, come for the beautiful beaches, come for Rottnest Island. It's like Rottnest Island isn't in Perth and neither of the beaches. I mean, Cottesloe Beach is there, but that is fucking, I mean, that's, that's up there with St. Kilda Beach for mine. I mean, there's no surf, there's no vibe, it's just sort of an endless walkway. It's like, it's like the Dover Cliffs down there or something. It's not, it's not the best beach I've ever seen, but then like if you go south or north of Perth, it just becomes unfucking believable lads. Get down to Margaret River and shit, get up to Exmouth and stuff. Exmouth is obviously a fair way, but yeah, the West Australia coastline is unbelievable. And Perth really doesn't have a shoe in that game, but it takes credit for it. And I respect that, okay? I do respect that. Uh, next up, my final thing I love with Perth is that you guys have like mad AFL beef with Melbourne. And I don't think Melbourne really gives a fuck about you. It's so funny all the cities have their little beefs, you know? Like you go to a Perth pub, if the West Coast Eagles are playing some Melbourne team. Just the absolute vitriol. And slurs coming out of these lads' mouths. It's unbelievable. Whereas you go to Melbourne, I don't think really... Melbourne, when it comes to AFL, it seems like they hate each other more than anyone else. And I am just making this up. I don't know anything about AFL, but it's like... I feel like people in Melbourne speak about like Collingwood with more disgust than they do about the West Coast Eagles or Fremantle. 
And like I said, I've just made that up. But that's sort of the vibe I was getting while I was in town. But Perth, if you want to start some beef with the city, I would, I would take down maybe Brisbane. Get that number three spot. Then you can have a look at Melbourne. But climb the ladder, okay? You know, if you're ranked 15 in the UFC, you don't get a title shot right away. You got to take out some contenders. So best of luck with that. But I love Perth. My big gripe is always that it's been as too far away. But once you get there, once your boots on the ground on the West Coast, baby, the best coast, hey, I do love it. So see you there, Perth. I'm there this Saturday, April 15. Check it out. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff. That's why Manscaped upgraded to their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. With improved blades and motor, you can feel the power of nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. This improved Weed Whacker can now be found in their Performance Package 4.0 for no additional cost, lads. Come on. Save money and attack your nose and ear hairs by going to manscaped.com and using code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals to get 20% off and free shipping. I've been using the Weed Whacker. Dude, nose hairs, it's like, what the hell? Get out of my nose, dude. And I swear, I don't know how much nose hair I had, but I swear it helps you breathe better. And that is unverified, but that's just that's just something I've I've personally found. And like, it's just like, come on. If you're a tall gentleman like me, or if you're not, you know, a lot of people, potentially uh, women you're attracted to will be looking up at you. You don't want them looking up into some forest to like you're some sort of a 65-year-old bloke, you know? There's something there, there's a confidence with having a, no nose hairs. Like, if you're under the age of 73 and have genuine nose hair, have a look in the mirror and sort yourselves out, lads. And our friends over at Manscaped are helping you to do exactly that, okay? By using the Weed Whacker 2.0 on all your face hole hair. We, we love the Weed Whacker 1.0. I, I use that one too. But this thing, it's a, it's a big upgrade. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer uses a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. Plus, it comes with skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. The Weed Whacker 2.0 is cordless, rechargeable, and has a battery with up to 45 minutes runtime. It's also part of the Platinum Package 4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. So let's face it, lads. Nose hair is a major turnoff, as I just said before. So please, for the love of God, let Manscaped be a part of your daily grooming routine, ensuring no hair is ever out of place. It's time to level up your groom game. So save 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. Once again, dude, that is 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY at manscaped.com. From blow to up top, get the best grooming at Manscaped Shop. Next up, Michael Clark, back in the news, or back in my news feed. Either way, it's always a privilege to see what Clark is up to. Now, this is just great from the great man. Michael Clark put up an Instagram post that said it was him and his family. <clears throat> Sorry, losing my voice a bit here. But, but, but. He put up an Instagram post of him in Noosa with his family. 
and this is Bance. He said, back in Noosa, a bit more wholesome this time. And that's how you do it. That's how you, you give social media that one-two, okay? Obviously, the comments were Carl Stefanovic-themed following the last time Clarkey was in Noosa. He had that famed shirtless brawl with Carl or almost brawl. Carl stood down. He knew he would get flogged by the V900 Pro himself, Michael Clark. And, dude, this is great. Like, I wish more celebrities would do this. This is how fucking easy it is to just move on from things. The problem with celebrities is they'll do something fucking weird. And that's fine, dude. Everyone does something fucking weird. You think I haven't been shirtless trying to fight Carl Stefanovic after 14 schooners? Uh, Hello, 2017, am I right? Okay, we've all had our moments. But you just got to move on. And the problem with celebrities is, like, if I do something fucking dumb this weekend, right? And Mac is like, mate, you're an idiot. We have a laugh about it. You know, I'm like, fucking hell, lads, my hand's up. You know, Jesus Christ, what was I thinking? You address it. Whereas celebrities do this thing where, how weird would it be, right, if I took my shirt off and tried to fight Macca this Saturday night, which would be a feat in and of itself because I'll be in Perth and he'll be in Sydney. But let's say I've flown back specifically to take my shirt off and fight Macca. How much weirder would it be if I just issued a statement on Instagram saying, I regret that incident, I'm looking to move forward, you know, with more gratitude, I apologize to Macca, and I'm looking forward to putting this behind me. And then I never addressed it again and pretended it never happened. That would be so weird. And if you brought it up to me, I'd, I'd just pretend I didn't know what you were talking about. And I'd change the conversation to something else. That's so uncomfortable, dude. Dude, like, and celebrities do that. They issue these weird statements their managers write for them that are written as if like a chat GPT alien wrote them. Or at the very least, someone with a bit of, bit of fucking sprinkling a bit of autism on their wheat in the morning. And then they refuse to ever bring it up again or discuss it in any way, shape, or form. And it just makes it weird and uncomfortable. Or failing that, they just lie completely. You know, Wayne Carey said uh, it was that bag of white powder was actually crushed up Nurofen and that he's actually a disabled man. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Clarkie doing this post, it's hilarious, dude. He's just addressed it, you know? He's in Noosa. He knows what we're thinking. He's thinking what we're thinking. He knows that we know that he knows that we're all thinking that fucking hell, mate, last time you were in Noosa, you took your shirt off and tried to fight one of Australia's most famed television hosts. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weirder to not address it. If he just put up a photo in Noosa and was like family time or something, the comment section would be wild. Instead, all he said was a bit more wholesome this time. Bit more wholesome this time. Five words. Little bit of banter, very benign, very G-rated, addresses it. The comments are hilarious. All the comments are like, nice one, Clarky. People are laughing their head off saying, where's Carlos? The world's not coming down, you know? Clarky didn't lose every radio gig he's had. It's fine, you know? If that was Wayne Carey and he returned to Noosa after fighting Carl Stefanovic, he would say, he would say, Carl Stefanovic is not a real person. And I am suing the city of Noosa for even inferring I was ever there. And also, I am a disabled man now. You know what I mean? It's like, this is fucking weird, dude. Just address it. I love this from Clarky. Well done, mate. Well done. Anyway, up next, I'd like to briefly talk about the UFC for all of two seconds, because I know not everyone loves the UFC. But dude, sickest thing I've ever seen on the weekend 
Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. Izzy was 0-3 against this guy. Been knocked out twice across two sports. Rematch. He knocks out Alex Pereira. Then does this crazy bow and arrow celebration. It was the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like knocked him unconscious, then gets up and fires three hypothetical arrows into this cunt as he's unconscious on the ground. Unbelievable. I will say, I don't know if I'll get the clip while it's still relevant, but last night at, uh, at this gig I was doing, I zinged this bloke up and they were filming it. Oh no, it was this woman. It was the most harmless zing of all time. I said to this lady, I said, her name was Corinne. I said, Corinne, what do you do with yourself? And she said, oh, a lot of things. And I said, well, is one of them answer my questions properly? <laughs> and then I did the easy. I got out the bow and arrow, just started, just started, emptied the full quiver into this chick. So <laughs> I would like, we'll see how that comes out. But I'm, if, if I get the footage of that, you better believe I'm posting it too. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no one got it in the room. No one got it in the room. So funny, dude. I'm just doing this huge fucking bow and arrow thing. Everyone's like, this bloke's lost it. And then I was like, did anyone see the UFC on the weekend? And they were like, no. <laughs> no regrets, dude. No regrets. Oh. Anyway, so. Uh, ba, 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 Israel Desanya. Oh, yeah. So then, this is pretty cool. So when Izzy got knocked out by Alex Pereira the first time, Alex Pereira's kid came in the ring and pretended to like go unconscious next to him, mocking him for being asleep. Just pretty full on. You've just been knocked unconscious and this seven-year-old is fucking mocking you. Anyway, how's this from Izzy? When he knocked out this guy's dad, he looks in the crowd, finds the kid, points at him and then pretends to be asleep on the ground like the kid did to him. Pretty fucking full on. Izzy's got beef with this kid, dude. And a lot of people are saying that's in poor taste. I personally think fuck around and find out, okay? This eight-year-old wanted the smoke and he fucking got it, you know? Consequences. That's they exist, okay? Why was this? Why was I don't care how old you are. If you're pretending to be dead next to a bloke who's unconscious, it's pretty fucking full on. So I think play on, Izzy. Play on, okay? Some people are saying it's lame. He has beef with a kid. I say it's lame. This kid just lost his beef with Izzy. Come on, lads, hey? Woo! <laughs> fucking unreal, dude. And look, this kid, I think he's about 15 now, but obviously watching his dad get unconscious get knocked unconscious and then getting mocked by the man who did it will no doubt traumatize him for years to come and he can work that out in therapy okay but yeah dude a lot of people I, I personally loved it no issues whatsoever um i also think that kids should not be allowed to go to live ufc events okay i've been to a live ufc event and let alone the fighting i mean some of the behavior in the crowd is disgraceful i can only speak for myself and Dude, also, why do kid like why do adults bring their kids to see them fight when this could happen? Like Frankie Edgar, a UFC fighter, was retiring, and he bought his kids for his his last fight, his last big fight coming out. And Frankie Edgar was off like two knockout losses, and this was his big retirement fight against contender Chris Gutierrez. And his children were there, and they got to see his dad fight for the first time and the last time. What a special moment! Um, Chris Gutierrez knocked their dad out cold with a flying knee a minute into the first round. So, is that something we need children to see? 
Is that something that might fuck them up for life? Watching their father, their protector almost die? I don't know. Who's for me to say, okay? But I think you should have to be at least 15 to go to the UFC. I mean, you know, bruh, come on. Anyway, last but not least, I'd like to do the project for this week. Sick project this week, dude, okay? Sick project. This chick, and I might butcher her name, I apologize. Natasha Lou Bordizo. Natasha Lou Bordizo, a version of that. Anyway, I apologize if that's not the correct way of saying it. This woman, wow, where to begin? So she has just been cast as Sabine Wren in the new Ahsoka series, the new Star Wars series. Now, I love Star Wars, dude. Absolutely froth on it. This Ahsoka series is going to be so sick. Um, This woman is from Sydney as well. Sydney City in the Ahsoka series. Um, The craziest story ever. She was not an actress. She was a black belt in Taekwondo and like judo. And she was studying law at UTS in Sydney, right? That's where I live, Sydney, okay? I have friends that went to UTS. She got cast for... I want to say Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, something, something. That Netflix one where they're all doing the martial arts. Her first ever audition, she got cast in a Netflix film. Okay? That's fucking crazy, dude. And since then, she moved to LA and has become an actress. Right? The project is all about Australian talent killing it here and abroad. This is so fucking sick. Okay? Now she's Sabine Wren in the new Ahsoka series. She's one of the main characters. It's going to be absolutely unreal. Sorry, something just moved in my room, like, by itself. It's kind of scary. Anyway, um, this is so cool. This is so cool. Um, I don't know. That's all I know about her. She was also in The Greatest Showman. I knew there was something else. She was also in The Greatest Showman. Uh, with Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zendaya, okay? From not being an actress to this. The Greatest Showman was her second ever role, I think. Double check that. I just made it up. So congratulations, Natasha. Sydney City in the house. City of the money makers. Everyone knows that. Uh, I'll give her a bra boys handshake if I ever meet her. And my God, dude. Wow. Check out Ahsoka. If you're a Star Wars fan, Sabine Wren is from Sydney. And she's fucking awesome. I cannot wait. So, so cool. So fucking cool. Unbelievable. That's the podcast for this week. I'm in Perth this weekend, Saturday, April 15. Come along. Then I'm in Brisbane, Newcastle, Canberra, Wollongong, Adelaide, Sydney. Sydney, biggest show of my life. Sydney City, City of the Money Makers. Turn out. Um, up next, we have Rowan Arneal in the second half. Pretty much just yarns from the Melbourne Comedy Festival. A uh, lot of fun there. Get around it. Thanking you. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. I'm here with Sydney's finest. We missed him last week. Now he's back. I think I was still technically there. I was being talked shit on so much. Well, mate, that was actually going to be my first question. Oh, also, it's Rowan Arneal. Yes, Rowan Arneal. Outstanding, mate. Good to see you. Seen heaps of you lately. How much time would you, would you say you could spend with me before you'd be like, nah, this is too much? 
Because we're at about like five, six days here. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a 12-hour break. Yeah, just um, reset a bit. Just reset a bit. Um, but I reckon I could I could go a few more days. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, appreciate the fairness, mate. Mm. In response to last week's pod, mate, obviously Freddie McManus, um, sort of absolute sexual deviant of Melbourne, mm-hmm. just one of the, the slickest customers on the south side. A theatre boy at heart. A theatre boy at heart, you know, a theatre boy on the streets, whatever you need in the sheets, okay? Uh, <laughs> but, um, um, mate, obviously, he was running his mouth about you last week, mate. He was. He was calling me uncharismatic, a few other things, which yep. was interesting because then I spent the next four days with Freddie and I wasn't the one with my head in his, his <laughs> my head in my hand staring at the floor, being like, this fucking city, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think you can take back some of that. I had a big smile on my face. Well, that was only because you weren't doing a show. Exactly. It was incredible. So we were at Melbourne for the Melbourne Comedy Festival, got back yesterday, and dude, it was... It was wild. <laughs> yeah, winners and losers. Well, there's just it's, it's so crazy. Like you, you got the best of everything because <laughs> you get the festival atmosphere. You're having beers, I'm talking shit. You're talking so much shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're talking shit in a way where it's like, oh, this guy has nothing to lose. <laughs> You're just running your mouth. Something fierce. My favorite one was anyone that was. Um, selling lots of tickets, I'd just go up to them and just go, how are you going, Mr. Showbiz? Look <laughs> over here, Mr. Showbiz, tell me some showbiz secrets. They'd be like, fuck off, dude, you piece of shit. Like big comedians you've met once. <laughs> yeah, but, Mr. Showbiz over here, <laughs> drunk in a beanie. <laughs> fuck you. Just drunk in a beanie. <laughs> dude, yeah, no, it was good fun down there. It was good fun, but we got a few... We, I guess we'll just talk about we'll just talk about the Melbourne Comedy Festival, mate. Let's, yeah, yeah. We people want to hear about the antics, mate. <laughs> they want to hear about the antics, <laughs> mate. I'll, I'll say Rowan landed Thursday night and he got pretty fucking full on pretty quickly, and it was good because me and Freddie's trip was put into two segments: basically Pat the first weekend <laughs> and then Rowan the second weekend. How F1 th- and Easter. <laughs> How do you think I I compared to the taller man? Well, I would say, to be honest, I would say uh, <laughs> we were uh, acting the same cavalier way. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who was more obnoxious at the festival club. On one hand, you had you openly bashing big mainstream acts to their peers, but then on the other hand, you had Pat Doherty bragging about his seven-minute showcase spot that he did <laughs> to people who were doing 22 one-hour shows. He's actively bragging about this one seven-minute spot. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Oh, I think I, I think people were enjoying my fins up on the dance floor. Yeah, there was a lot of fins. I, I, <laughs> I, was, I was making everyone in Melbourne put the fins up for Redcliffe Dolphins. I, I'll put my hand up. My fin was up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we were just trying to kick back with our fins off. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, there's something about putting your fins up on a dance floor. It does. It raises morale. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun to meet like co- people like comedians that you respect later after, like, you know, after a couple of days of being there. And you're like, oh, hey, mate. And they're like, oh, yeah, mate. I've already met you. You were getting pretty crazy on the dance floor. <laughs> and you're like, God damn it. If you could forget about that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I didn't go to the Comedy Republic once. Mm. Because every time someone was like, hey, let's go to the Comedy Republic. That's where all the cool comedians and agents <laughs> hang out. And it's like, mate, 
The time for the Comedy Republic was two and a half hours ago. <laughs> well, I was getting, I was like, yeah, Woodhead Caution, let's go to the Comedy Republic. Then I turned around and I just see you with your two incredibly laddie mates that were both wearing Hello Sport hats. I'm like, mate, we're not taking two Hello Sport hats to the fucking- I'm not going to the Comedy Republic. I've got a, like a six beer rule at the Comedy Republic. Well, I think it's just, mate, my high school friends are not coming to the Comedy Republic with me. I don't trust them. No, no. I don't trust myself at the Comedy Republic, <laughs> let alone let alone the lads. But uh, like, it was so funny. Like, Dorso got in like a dance battle with Deanne Smith. <laughs> and I was just looking at this going like, what the fuck is going on? These worlds are colliding. He's like, is she a comedian? I'm like, I think she has like two Netflix specials. <laughs> it also reminds you of like how like stand-up is such a subculture. I brought like two of my high school mates to the artist bar where the mm. comedians hang out and like big names are walking past mate. Yeah. No clue. Big fucking names. And my mates have got no clue at all. Mm. Like unless Dave Hughes fell off the wagon, I was mm. not going to be able to impress them with any yeah. big names, but the artist bar was fun. It was so much fun. I remember it's, who is the king of networking out of me, you and Freddie, possibly the three best networkers in the biz. We were all, and you know, we all take different routes. We take different Freddy, routes. Freddie, interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie just absolutely destroys the dance floor until people come flocking. Um, me, I, one of my angles one night was to talk to Yaz's cousin that um, is an air conditioning installer and talk to him about how much money he makes. It's like $35, $37 an hour. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Given an indigenous- What's his name? He won a gold Logie last year and got held drunk. I have no idea. Some indigenous dude that used to be a, an um, AFL player. Oh, Tony Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you giving Tony Armstrong a bra boy's greeting at the artist bar. <laughs> <laughs> that was a personal highlight of mine. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. we meet Tony Armstrong, who, by the way, was absolutely into his work. Yeah, he's a king, dude. He's a king. He can, and, dude, funniest thing was I saw Tony Armstrong on, like, the Saturday night. He comes in. We meet him. Cool guy. He shakes Rowan's hand. Rowan goes, what are you doing, mate? Bra boy handshakes only. <laughs> Safest handshake in Sydney. Strongest handshake in the world, mate. <laughs> Dude, Rowan was making bra boy references left and right. He came up to me on like the Sunday. He saw me and was like, mate, and came over and gave me a bra boy's handshake and we were on it again. Strongest handshake in Australia, mate. Dude, I loved it. Um, Yeah, I saw Tony Armstrong the first night and I was like, fuck, this guy's hammered. This is sick. Yeah. And then I saw him, like, the same time the next night, just roll in as habit. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is like seeing your teacher at the mall. I'm loving this. It's like, you're also not a comedian. I know. Which is the best part. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think any- anyone who presents on ABC mm. in-, in some shape or form does gun to their head if-, if they said, are you a comedian or not? They'd say, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Spicks and Specs once, <laughs> and I, I've done a live podcast with Julie Zamiro. <laughs> I am a comedian. Yeah, he's a comedian. <laughs> it's really, I only know him from NITV, but yeah, it turns out very mainstream. Got a lot of mainstream success that I didn't know about. Yeah, he's massive now. He went viral for his reaction to the the World Cup when we got in, oh, really? or when we beat our uh, when we scored against France or something. Mm. He just went fucking nuts on the telly. <laughs> And it was one of those ones that like made it to John Oliver and shit. Oh, like, nice. Dude, if John Oliver plays something on his show, yeah. you, you've made it. Mm-hmm. You've absolutely made it. But what were your impressions of the festival, mate? Because, you know, despite some of my behavior, mate, believe it or not, I was there to work. 
Yeah, well, you were there to work more than I was for sure. I mean, no, not for sure. It's absolutely objective. I was there to work more than you. For sure. It means the same as absolutely. I, I didn't like the way you said for sure. You're like, yeah, yeah, I guess you were there to work a little bit more than me. Certainly. Um, but yeah, it was mainly just pottering it around. Death by a thousand cuts of $30 fucking pints. Oh my God. Yeah, they fucking don't miss you in mm. Melbourne. And I've been absolutely carrying on about no pokies in Melbourne, how much I love it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where they, they make up the revenue, mate. They sting you. In your $37 schnitty. <laughs> it's like $15 for a pint of Carlton Draft. Yeah, it's harsh. What can be done? It's a harsh world there, mate. Yeah. I was just trying to not get rained on, so you end up just drinking a bunch. Yeah, like the rain, there there is times when you're like, yeah, Melbourne, dude, I could move here. Mm. Then there are other times where you're like, is it literally fucking raining again? <laughs> like it's raining for like, it's not like it rains all day every day. It's just like once an hour, mm. all day, once an hour, it will just rain. Dude, it was so funny. We were coming downstairs from the Coopers and I'd just done a spot and Woodhead just sees, looks outside the window and sees that it's pouring and goes... Fuck this city. Look at this fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, yes, I agree. Right now, this sucks. Oh, God. Yeah, and some, like sometimes you'd be on a five-minute walk home or whatever, and it would just start pouring. Mm. And you're like, there was no indication yeah. that this would happen. Mm. Dude, great Woodhead moment was um, we were blazing with him outside the Coopers, mm. and then some bloke who went to my show was like, Woodhead, mate, what are the lunchtime legends going to say about this? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to him on Triple J or something. He's like, he was like, oh, God. No, it was like he caught, like, I don't know what he thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dude, Woodhead was like, of course you, you caught me smoking weed. This is what I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it pretty often. Yeah. <laughs> me and Woodhead having so many moments at that festival, smoking outside, and being like, dude, sick. We should go buy a beer now. I'm like, oh, nice. And just <laughs> run back inside. <laughs> Dude, it this was This could great. go on forever. <laughs> One night, it was just five in the morning at the artist bar. And I look at Woodhead. I'm like, nah, this is actually cooked. Yeah, dude, you've got to get out of here. That's the thing about Melbourne is nothing closes. Mm. Like, I remember one night at the artist bar, like, I was. it was like quarter to two. And I was like, I'm probably looking at one more here. And then mm. I'm bailing. And then it was like quarter past four. Mm. Because I lost track of time. Mm. As the patron, it is not my responsibility to keep track of my night. Mm. Okay? I couldn't I'm, agree more. I'm just going to go and go mm. until until either the lights come up or I feel a Samoan hand on my shoulder. <laughs> like, I'm not... Dude, in, in Sydney, you're used to just being shepherded home. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's time to go. That's what they say in Sydney all the time. It's mm. time to go. It's time to go. I've been being told it's time to go my fucking whole life and then no one's telling you to go in melbourne they're like and you're on holidays and you're on holidays yeah and so you're like i've got a all right so i could go home to the floor next to the bed yeah <laughs> I, I think i'm a 2am guy though like mm. i love in la los angeles los angeles like whatever <laughs> dude that, like, everywhere in LA shuts it too. Mm. And I actually love it. Yeah. I, I don't mind being like... Because also, like, if you're talking to girls and it, it goes past two, by that point, you're so drunk where you're like, oh, you, you never know. Or, like, I could be on. <laughs> I could be bloody on. Like, and then it's like, you're not on. It's fucking 2.45 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's 3.40. Yeah, it's 3 fucking 40, dude. Yeah, I completely agree. And then you reach that point as well where, like, you're buying drinks, but it's like, you can't get any drunker. Yeah, you can't get any drunker and it be funner. 
Yeah. Like you're like you're over the bell curve. Mm. The bell curve is peaked. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm just getting the heaviest eyelids. Yeah. And then you just just absolutely fucking yourself for the next day. <laughs> Mate, like the, the last like five days of Melbourne, we became like nocturnal. Yeah, I was nocturnal as soon as I. We were getting up at like twelve thirty. Mm. Freddie would wake up at one p.m. and his show was at like fucking three. <laughs> it was absolutely insane. <laughs> that was the funniest joke of the festival, where it was like, we would wake up at like one p.m. and be like, "Oh, Freddie, um, you got to be at your venue in ten minutes." <laughs> <laughs> it put the biggest pep in my step of like, look who doesn't have to walk to a venue. Right yeah. Now. Dude, it's like people who didn't have shows were always in the best mood. Yeah. Like Tori Crisp was just taking for people. And yeah. every time I saw her, she was like, what's happening, guys? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah. One point Beck just looked at me and was like, one year I did, I came down and did what you're doing right now. And it's so fucking good. <laughs> Dude, it's unreal. That's why I want to start openers at the festival as well. How I fun know. would it be just to open for people? <laughs> yeah, just to go down and dot around. Oh, my God. It's fun just to mill around. Yeah. Like, it, it's fun to threaten to be part of the, the Melbourne Comedy Festival. <laughs> it's fun to be like, oh, I was going to do a show, but just didn't really come together. I'm just teching for someone. So people talk about teching for shows as if it's a real thing. Yeah. What is... I've never... There aren't many shows that I see where it's like they're doing really anything. Yeah. It's just maybe four sound cues. Yeah, lights and some microphones. Is this something we needed to get on a plane for? <laughs> <laughs> Book an Airbnb for? Yeah, 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 it's a holiday. Yeah, it's a holiday for sure. But yeah, no, people who weren't doing shows were having the best time. Were you? Um, did you get any big industry connects, mate? Because I know while we were actually in Melbourne, and this is why this is why Road is really a, 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 a networking superstar. A networking superstar, mate. Yeah. And active and urgent on yeah, social media was your ma- mantra for the year. Mate, while we're in Melbourne, this guy is just quick as a whip. Posts one of the hottest Instagram stand-up reels we've seen this year. Well, yeah, I did. Honestly, I got on. I got on him. I was not the one captioning him, and <laughs> I let it wait about eight months. Reese, I know you listened to this pod, and I said, <laughs> "Mate, what about that clip?" And he said, "I don't remember. I have no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> and I said, "Well, I've kind of, I've been hedging a lot of bets on this clip, mate. So we're about to go viral. So." Click clack. So, but is it true that on... So, when I post a video on my Instagram, it just says post, you know, in the top right corner. Is it true that on your Instagram, it says launch? <laughs> is that true? It is true. It is true. And I've heard that when you hit launch on your Instagram reels, <laughs> your phone will like vibrate. You need to hold up with two hands. Is that, is that right? I imagine so, Just because yeah. so many eyeballs are on your content at one point. That's what was happening at the festival club. People were like, who is this fucking guy? And how did the, the hell does he know so much about the Bra Boys? How does he know so much about Marubra surf culture? Dude, I loved you just walking around the artist bar, drunk and high. But like, <laughs> Dude, Clear Eyes stopped working. <laughs> Dude, Clear Eyes definitely stopped working for you. Looks like a fucking Sith Lord at one point. Dude, I loved you just walking around talking to like people with Netflix comedians just being like, you know, this whole thing's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Just, just calling people Mr. Showbiz and asking them how much money they make. Like, it's a perfect holiday. I just, every time I leave Sydney, I'm like, there's just no consequences anywhere else. I'm not from here. I know. You got to fix up that attitude, mate. I don't, I'm not sure if it's repairable. No, I don't think so. But um, it's just too much fun. It is fun, yeah. It's too much fun just to run your mouth there. 
Dude, there was nothing better. I had to catch myself a few times because like I was just absolutely tearing into people. <laughs> it's just you were so toxic over the weekend. I didn't know you would reset. I was quite kind. I remember being quite kind to a lot of people, yeah, complimenting you- them on their shows. You had high highs, low lows. I, I don't remember being cruel to anyone. I remember bra boysing out. I remember <laughs> saying some things about industry types that were like, I don't know, at least six feet away. A personal highlight of my festival was telling Anthony Lacascio that we had spent the whole trip saying, what's your Anthony Lacascio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. He enjoyed that as and well. And him saying, I've never heard that before. And, <laughs> and I think he meant it. Yeah, yeah. He definitely meant it. Mate, it's all about the Anthony Lacascio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our Airbnb was so shit. Mm. It was, I mean, it wasn't a real Airbnb. It was a, Yeah, it was a weird two-story cupboard. It was like a two-story loft cupboard thing. Mate, I think they just built that loft up so someone could hang themselves off the top, mate. It was fucking dreadful. Yeah, it was for like an international student who just wanted to bunker down. Yeah. It, it was weird. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, just incredibly depressing. It was very depressing, mm. yeah. Dude, and like you just need... Like the thing was with the accommodation is that I didn't know it was a it was a thing of like F1 and Easter. It was so yeah. hard to find somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And then... uh. Next year, next year we'll get that right, mate. Next year we'll get that right. But uh, I remember like being, being <laughs> we just so need hung- to book it now. I know that's the thing, but it's like uh, I remember, remember that one Arvo. We were just so hungover, and it gets to like four p.m. and we've all got to go out and do shows again. And then it starts raining, and I just look out the window. I go, "All right, Melbourne, let's fucking have it." <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like. It was just like by the end, it was like fucking hell, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I we had more comfort sleeping in the same bed by the end than. Oh the start, yeah, because it's like, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the floor. The, dude, the floor was concrete. Yeah, <laughs> it was concrete. It was painful to sleep on. It was fucking shit out. Just but, uh, three boys in a bed watching Nate Diaz clips. Yeah, one night to get rev up, revved up, we watched Best of Nate Diaz. Then we all walked out into the city of Melbourne shadow boxing <laughs> to chase our dreams. <laughs> fucking unreal. But no, it was some great times, mate. Uh. I was going to say one thing. What, what are some shows you saw, mate, that you loved? Like Cambo's show. I like Caution's show a lot. Ben Caution's show is fantastic. Freddie's show. Freddie's show is fantastic. Um, went to the Mug of Live. That was fun. It was so funny. Duggan was there. There's all these fucking people in this basement. And I'd hung out with Duggan the day before in the Arvo. And he told me this story about getting locked out of this hotel room. And he's telling this story and the whole room's just like erupting in laughter at everything he's saying. But I just had like a memory of me listening to Doug and tell that story and me being like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so killed in the room, did not kill to O'Neill. <laughs> no, I was just like, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing I need to talk about. <laughs> just like, just giving him nothing and then just watching in a room, just like destroy. Just being like, oh, I'm a bad listener. <laughs> yeah, well, I've just known someone that that's happened to before. So I was like, yeah, I think that's just a thing. Sometimes you accidentally leave your hotel room thinking it's a bathroom and end up in a hallway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any funny yarns uh, that we've missed potentially. A lot of the yarns are like quite incriminating as far as like um, we would just be dragging names. We'd be dragging industry figures through the mud, mate, which is not the goal of this podcast. Yeah. Even yeah, though it's not you, the goal. you at times will commandeer it that way. <laughs> we only drag our friends. We only roast the ones we love, mate. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, we're that's bumping true. mics, babe. Also, anything that's left in this podcast um, has been has been vetted. 
<laughs> I mean, potentially, depending on my work week. Yeah, yeah, depending yeah. on either either it's been vetted and it's okay, or I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, hell. Oh, mate, there was uh, you had that scary thing with the guy in the lift. Oh, you were going to tell me about fucking hell. What was that about, dude? Went to Woodheads in the day, just having a great time in a Meriton style apartment. Dude, it's nice when you go to a more successful comedian's Airbnb. Oh. Like, it was, yeah, it's unreal. Table, chairs, couch, television, two separate rooms. Two separate rooms. Caution and Woodhead. Oh, really? They'd been pumping iron in the gym just before. Really? Like, unlikely duo. Yeah, wow. Mm. Okay. Big guy, little guy. Yeah, and it, it, it's weird because they're friends, but they're not the same size. Exactly. Wow. That's cute. That is cute. Everyone knows that that's cute. It's like a, when a giraffe and a goat become exactly. friends. It's like, what? Exactly. <laughs> so good. But then I left. I got a little high in the apartment. Okay. On some weed that was a lot stronger than mine that I'd brought down. Yeah. So I was like, fucking hell. All right. Your ability to travel with weed while flying domestically is unparalleled. Thank you. Going to need you to fucking flex those muscles for the Brisbane trip, mate. <laughs> I think there's actually some comedians that'll put me to shame in how much is being brought yeah, domestically. I think so. <laughs> I know. Like taking two grams, being like, ooh. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I'm like, all right, I'll go, I'm going to go walk back to the city. It's like, looks really nice. I was in Richmond. It all looks the fucking same though. It's all cute. Cute, cute Melbourne. And I get in the lift and there's just like a dude with long, like just- just a man that looks like he's in the middle of a meth psychosis and he's like crouching and he just starts muttering going, oh, it's changed now. He's changed it. He's changed it now. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to press the button. But I pressed like one instead of ground because ground wasn't on that side and it just wasn't going anywhere. And I was like, oh, I don't know why it's not moving. And he was going, you changed it. You changed it. Oh, I was no. Like, he's still crouching and it's just like all mirrors. And then I, all oh, I can- fuck. It's just him looking at me, but through the mirror in like the most- Through the mirror on the side. And it's so fucking intense. I've not felt so like ready for violence before in my life. I'm just like, if we have to fucking scrap it out in here, if he launches at me, dude's just staring at me through the mirror and like acting as if I wouldn't be able to see that he's clearly staring at me. And I'm like, oh, oh, ground. And it starts moving and then it opens up behind him. I'm just like, holy shit, yes, fresh air. So you have to walk past I him. I walk past him. He's still crouching. And then he gets out behind me and crouches again and goes, he's leaving, he's leaving, he's leaving. And starts just oh. kind of spiraling in the lobby. And I just get outside. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. That was Jesus so fucking intense. And, mate, and, and do you think, is that his lift? Is he just terrorizing cunts? Well, I, I don't think he could, like, get anywhere. Like, I, he didn't have a fob. I don't know how he got in there. Yeah, right. And then he couldn't use anything. And then he was just absolutely wigging it. Dude, it's so scary because with those, with those messed up homeless guys, it's not like- It's not if, like they're bad guys. They're not bad guys, but it's like, I'm standing here right now saying yeah. nothing. But what's he seeing? Yeah. Is he seeing me like fucking giving him the finger and like saying I rooted his missus or something? Like, <laughs> because this bloke's hearing a conversation we're not having. Uh, yeah, I've I don't plan to be in a small- just metal space with a man going through psychosis again. I don't think I was just like, holy shit. I didn't know that was a fear of mine, but that's a fear for sure now. Yeah. That's like uh, when you get stuck on the train carriage with one of them mm. and you're like, okay. And also I'm like fucking a big dude. If I was like a little lady in there, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the scariest thing in the world. 
Yeah, Melbourne wasn't was wasn't. Uh, I felt like the homeless people were pretty good in Melbourne though. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have any issues or anything. Mate, got stuck in like three protests that day though. Yes, fucking yes, hell. We the did. weather's causing people to wig out a little bit down there. Yeah, mate. Well, you egged one of them on. You well, I- you egged on one of the freedom fighters. <laughs> yeah. Like she was like she was like they're gonna make a smart city. They're gonna control us all. You won't be able to go to the shops. They'll take away your money. And Rowan's like, I agree with you. I completely agree. Well. Yeah, she's scared that they're going to freeze our bank accounts. There's going to be cameras everywhere. But then I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let Continue on. Like, give me the juice. And then she just kept repeating those things. And I was like, oh, this isn't what I'm about. Yeah, but you took the you took the pamphlet, mate. You took the pamphlet and you said, I agree with you. And then she because gave me an Easter egg. you thought it would be funny. Yeah, but then it never really eventuated. But you got you to gotta take the hits. Dude, I was thinking um, if someone like came to our Airbnb, there was like just a like a, like a fucking freedom fighter white nationalist pamphlet on our kitchen bench. <laughs> it's like three white guys staying in the Airbnb. A, you know, guy in a Trump shirt screaming um, "Blue Sky Mine" by um, Midnight Oil, and it's like, dude, Peter Garrett's not about this shit. That's so not what he's about. Dude, what the fuck? Anti-vax I saw the Trump, Trump flag. Shit. Dude, why does the Trump thing have to be connected on the back of everything? Yeah, I know. It's like, mate, if you want to have the anti-vax protest, go nuts. Yeah. You know, it's your time. Mm. But why do we have to cop the Trump thing in Australia? Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Like, how funny was it to see Donald Trump at the UFC? Oh, yeah, that was so funny. Dude, Post-arrest Trump is so funny. Dude, because he's like, if anything, more confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stoked. Dude, um, I just love like, is anyone better at being on camera than Trump? Oh, so good. He never looks. He never looks like what's going on. He like it's like that Jack Drews joke with the comedy. Posters. Yeah, yeah. Donald Donny T, and he's like posing for photos with Mike Tyson and Kid Rock. And like, <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. Dude, I was watching the ABC, and they were talking about the arrest and stuff. And so, like, what's the goss? The goss is that he used campaign funds to pay off Stormy Daniels, like 160k to like be so, like. Shh, yeah, but shh, is that like is that is that bad? Is it because he used the campaign it's money? Because of the campaign money. Okay. Um So if I'm donating to Donny T, yeah. Right? Again. <laughs> but no, if I if I'm if I'm donating to Donny T and I say, mate, here's here's a pineapple mm. for the cause. Mm. You know, I'm thinking we're gonna print some t shirts or something. Mm. Not pay off old Stormy Daniels for the blowjob. What is that is that the crime? I guess, yeah. I guess there's something in the legislation there. Like, but also the woman on the ABC annoyed me because she was like, "Well, obviously, um, well, the thing that's wrong with this is this could have swayed the election if people if she hadn't been paid off and it talked." And it's like, that's but everyone dumb- everyone knew he fucked. That's it. the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Trump's people that voted for Trump don't give a fuck. They like like that he fucked Stormy Daniels, and they knew that. I th- I thought everyone knew that he fucked her. Exactly. I think he was just like, it was like 160K of like, hey, just talk about it a bit less. Yeah. I think it was like, I thought it was like 160K for like, hey, you've actually been pretty chill about this. Yeah. 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 It's like, dude, he was talking, you go on, he was on tape being like, when you're famous, you can just grab him by the pussy. I don't think the Stormy Daniels thing. <laughs> dude, there would have, there would have been meetings where like the Stormy Daniels thing, they didn't have enough time to get to it. Yeah, exactly. Because he's just swinging so wild. He's just been such a big dog. Just a big, big dog. I think, dude, and I love when I love when UFC fighters get, especially the Florida ones, get so into Trump. Dude, it's so funny because um, Jorge Masvidal, like, thank 
Like, oh, yeah, he actually gave he, a really good retirement speech. He gave speech. the most beautiful retirement speech. He was like, you know, I've given everything to this game. I came in with nothing. Now I'm a multi-millionaire. Mm. He goes, I just don't... I, I love hearing a fighter just fucking actually be truthful. Mm. And he just goes, dude, I'm slow. Mm. I'm not the same guy. Mm. And then most poignant, takes the gloves off. Thank you, Miami, Florida. He's down. And then he goes, and we've got the greatest president in the history <laughs> of the United States cage side. <laughs> And it's like, what a weird thing! To, what a weird thing to have associated with your retirement. He's like, the UFC came here twenty years and inspired me, and now it's back, and this is my retirement. I just want to thank everyone so much, and Trump, <laughs> and Trump, <laughs> like Diddy, on paper, not the greatest president. You can be like, chill guy. Yeah, I mean, you you could be like, you could be like, I like the way this guy gets around. Yeah, yeah, you know, one of my favorite reality stars. Yeah, one of my favorite crooked businessmen. I think I think some people mixed up just being like, I like Donald Trump because he doesn't give a fuck with being a great yeah, president. Being one of the greatest presidents I think ever. A lot of people think the synonym for not giving a fuck is <laughs> being an efficient leader of the free world, presiding over three hundred and fifty million people. Dude, honestly, they're the same in my mind. Yeah, Play yeah. on. True, true, true. Um, it is funny how much just. Trump just loves the UFC. Just love everything Trump loves is kind of funny. Here's the thing, though: Does he love the UFC, or does he just know that every UFC fan will vote for him? That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, possibly. I think he just likes hanging out with dudes with traumatic brain injuries that love him. Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet. Like Jorge Masvidal is Cuban. Yeah, I don't know what the Cubans' relationship. Well, they're to they're like T is. pretty um right wing down in Florida. A lot of the Cubans, because like communism was so fucked on. Um, in, oh, they yeah. like left Cuba because of communism, so they're like quite like they'll buy into the the left or communists. Yeah, stuff. right. Okay. So it's pretty. It's very Trump country down there. Interesting. They love it, and there's no like state tax, so they love that as well. Dude, I love um Donny T. Um, when he was trying to get the Latino vote, um, he just put up, he just put up a thing on his Twitter. Oh, dude. <laughs> he goes, and I think there was like a controversy about Latinas at the time. Yeah, something yeah. had happened with the Latinas, and he just put up a thing in response. I think something. I think was it the kids in cages. In it might have been the kids in cages thing. And he goes, right. So we got these Mexican kids in cages. Don't worry, team. I'll I'll nip this in the bud. And he put up a photo. It was like um, Cinco de Mayo. He goes, the best burrito bowls are at Trump Tower. I love Latinas. It was like the, n- nearly close to like the equivalent of the nacho hat that Homer wears on The Simpsons. Just a big burrito bowl also, in front of him. It, it reeked of like, as soon as the photo was over, he was like, get this away from me. <laughs> yeah. Two quarter pounders, please. Yeah. Mate, the thing about Donny T is that whatever, um, he's been round, okay? Yeah. And yeah. then he's lost. Mate, go around again. I don't know, like, who can be fucked? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be doing anything over the age of 70. I find it quite draining to look at him in the news as well. I'm like, fucking take the L, What do you reckon? He must be on, like, fucking peptides and shit, hey? Well, he- He must get a big old syringe in the morning and go, shove this in my fat, white ass. Yeah, well, he's- And rev me up. Because he's got- got, He goes, I've got it upstairs. Just fire me up. Mm. Fire me up and I'll just absolutely go to town for the next 12 hours and then power me down. Well, he- he was like a big supporter of these diet pills in like the nineties, apparently that um adjust speed. Yeah. So he's he'd have his own like uh, Michael Jackson doctor. Yeah. He's just getting amped up every day, just and he doesn't fucking- drink, so he just kind of powers about, 
and just I don't know roots and I don't know people reading things. I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> he, he must be at the point with Viagra where he goes, look, I'm going to take a half and see if it kicks in, and if it doesn't, wasn't my night. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. two Viagra might just blow him up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just can't just bust and die. Just put it in the water, man. Then they just put an American flag over his naked body <laughs> with an incredibly hard. Florida's in dead. tears, dude. <laughs> But speaking of, uh, oh, I don't have a segue, but um, dude, you were telling me before that Sonny Bill Williams is doing restaurant reviews. He's a foodie now, brother. Because he's been doing, um, I've noticed Sonny Bill's out and about. He's been doing sideline reporting for mm. rugby league. Mm. It's so funny to just hear him call everyone bro and cuz. Yeah, I actually, I've come back around on Sonny Bill. I actually really like him again. Well, because the thing with Sonny Bill is he's so dynamic. He's you so- can go off and on Yeah, him. he's so hot as well. Dude, he's fucking hot. He's so fucking hot. Um, yeah, I, I can get trapped in Sonny Bill's Instagram hardcore. Yeah, I get that. I will like it was even like a big like when his wife found finally started wearing the hijab celebration on celebration on Instagram. Oh really? Was he yeah. was he pushing for that? Oh, mate, not pressuring. Not pressuring at all. You wouldn't want to pressure he, the he's, old girl. He's, he's, very, he's very happy that it's happened. He's yeah. loving it. He's, he's in a nice little Muslim family now. Now, what's what's the timeline on this? Has he married a Muslim woman who was not wearing the hijab? Or has he married a non-Muslim woman and then halfway through gone, babe, I've actually read a pamphlet from the man Mundine. Mm. This is making a lot of sense to me. Why about we wrap it up? Mundane is not a good face for dude, Islam. Dude, I think Osama bin Laden might be a better face for Islam than fucking Mundane. Do you think, do you think in, in Al-Qaeda, they look at Anthony Mundane and be like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Se- separate us from that, mate. Separate us from that. Bit terroristic. Yeah. Dude, it, dude, Anthony Mundane. But I will say, uh, Anthony Mundane, if, if he gets in your ear... Mm. you're probably converting. Mm. Anyone that hit mitts with him for about a five-year period was just like, inshallah, brother. Well, I believe him to be a pretty crazy wordsmith. He's just a talker, mate. He's a t- he's- he, was bo- he was born for it, brother. Yeah. I mean, really, his God-given ability probably was his communication. His- <laughs> <laughs> and then I would, I would put his, his, his athleticism second. Oh, yeah. Sec- maybe his, his kind of... I don't know, coaching skills, his work as a nurturer second, and then maybe his athleticism third. Yeah. I, I mean, he's got a man. You want to talk about the word dynamic. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Could have done anything. Could have done anything. Finance to high school teaching. <laughs> the man mundane can do anything. He switches codes like no other. He's in a high rise tomorrow. Dude, the man- Boom, mun- boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could. <laughs> Anything, brother. <laughs> You're going in for surgery. Mundine <laughs> has picked up the scalpel. <laughs> I tell you what, dude, the man Mundine, he's just- um, Do you remember like the anti-vax Mundine? Remember? <laughs> dude, I swear, uh, Mundine was anti-vax like in 2017. <laughs> and then like COVID came around and he was like, this is what I'm looking at. All right. Dude, he's of like- Early 2000s Australian hip hop dudes. One of them, I forgot his fucking name, but he had so many songs about there's going to be a planned pandemic to put us all, um, to keep us all down and they're going to vaccinate us. He had like so many songs in like 2007 about that. And I just want him to release one more song and be like, I fucking told you, yeah, cunts. I told you so. <laughs> I just want to see a couple of Facebook statuses. I Like the whole pandemic, I was like, oh, I bet he's fucking loving this. 
Yeah, 100%, dude. Well, he's dead, by the way. Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah, 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 for true. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love that you think he's still out there. That's cute. But he was in a studio in Adelaide somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Also, he definitely made it in music. <laughs> dude. Um, oh, Sonny Bill. Oh, yeah. So, Sonny Bill's doing restaurant reviews. What, what's out there, mate? I feel like uh, restaurant reviews are like every like he's the, a bit, the poor man's way into YouTube these days. Well, he's oh, he's a bit bit Instagrammy, um, but he'll get a diet coke and a burger somewhere out west with his missus or the yep. date night or beautiful. But yeah, good restaurant reviews. My favorite part is the amenities section. <laughs> he update he updates the amenities section and he updates so whether wait, or not there's a prayer room, whether or not there's a prayer room, <laughs> just like a food truck out west. <laughs> But so when you said amenities, I thought maybe he was like immediately shitting the burger out. <laughs> and going, going, yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. He's having a scroll, going, I've enjoyed this. <laughs> so no, he's taking a shit and lamenting the fact that there isn't a prayer room. So no prayer room, mate. And does that adverse like if, if I if if he goes, all right, it's an eight out of ten burger, mm. but it's zero out of ten on the prayer room. Mm. Is that a four out of ten burger? Like, does does the prayer room affect the burger, mate? As someone that's been following the reviews and going to all the places and kind of building my week around it, I hope that the the prayer room isn't taking too much of a factor with the food because I'm just trying to find tasty treats, yeah, and sit on seats that he sat on, just yeah. get around the big man, hundred percent. And also, he um, I was shitting on him recently, and then someone told me that uh, when he played for Christchurch. And the um, earthquake happened. He donated his entire salary the, ent- the entire time wow. he was there. So he's always been a good Muslim brother, giving yeah. back to the community. He's the man. He's the man. He he's, ha- he's not the man. He's not the man. I think we all know the man is Mundine. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a follower of the man. Yeah, a, he, he could never do what Mundine's done. No. No. Has anyone destroyed their legacy more than Anthony Mundine by getting on the mic? <laughs> I don't think in this country. Dude, if, dude, if you go Anthony Mundine on paper, um, exceptional rugby league player. Mm. Everyone rips on the rugby league boxers. Yeah. He actually went to boxing and was fucking great at yeah, it. Yeah, it was actually good. Elite in two sports, a true like once in a generation athlete. Mm. And he is now pretty much a joke. <laughs> yeah. And I'm using that word pretty much out of respect for him and his legacy. Yeah, yeah. He is... He's Like, there's no television program that would in their right mind allow him even a second of airtime in 2023 um or he he actually gets on the footy boxing a little bit but it's like nonsensical yeah like it's just like fuck wheel him out of screen like yeah. this is nuts dude there should be a thing on youtube where it's like cte settings <laughs> so it's like it's like you don't have access to some like conspiracies like 9-11 stuff blokes with cte shouldn't be able to access yeah, conspiracy so- videos on youtube no no they really shouldn't because they can't they can't they only just receive the information as like objective information <laughs> they're, they're not understanding the possibility that it might not be true mate i don't know what it is about bad font that makes people just be like this is completely true yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and they're like this is just something of being on the worst website in the world makes people be like yes of course it's fucking all true yeah they're trying I'm- to take the money away Dude, here's the thing. I love conspiracy theories. Mm, They're so too. fun. I just hate when people are certain about them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this might have happened. I'm like, dude, that's fucking crazy. And they're like, it did happen. Mm. And I'm like, see, that's where you lost me. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know. Dude, my mate used to do it in the most condescending way as well. He'd go, so you trust 
wholeheartedly the American government. And it's like, dude, I'm, that's not what I was saying. And also, I'm just the, saying, I, I'm not making a decision day to day on whether or not I trust the American government. <laughs> it's like, I don't trust them, but I also don't think that they might not have blown up those buildings. I think that's on the cards yeah, as well. I, I think if, if we could just both meet in the middle and say, we don't know. I would just love someone that believes it to be like, see the way that falls. I really have no idea about physics or buildings, so I don't know. Yeah. But all of them are like, as you can see, that's clearly a controlled demolition. Dude, one of the lads um did this crazy conspiracy, and we were out at dinner one night, about like the MH370 and like how it actually landed on an island and all this shit because of, of Russia, and I don't even know. But do you know what? It was the fucking most interesting thing I've ever heard. Mm. And he was just, and it was the t- the tone was playful. Yeah, yeah. He was presenting the information, mm. and not in a way where it was like, "Make a stance on this now. Are you mm. with me or are mm. you against me?" Mm. He was just saying all this wild shit. I was like, "Dude, this is fucking insane!" And then he was like, "Well, you never know." Yeah, perfect. And it was great. Yeah, <laughs> we all had a laugh. Mm. Anyway, I wonder what my dean's up to today. Who? Mundane. Mundane. What does his day to day look like? I don't know. Get up, check your not banned on Instagram <laughs> for, for your previous night's live stream. <laughs> yeah, try and call Twitter again. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, dude, this is probably run its race. First one back. First one back, mate. Little bit rusty, maybe. Not 11 minutes. Yeah, bit fucking tired from the weekend, to be honest, mate. Yeah, I mean. I find transiting and drinking quite... Laborous. Yeah, the boys will be fresh next week. So fresh. So fresh, dude. So fresh. Back on the tools. Back on the tools. Mate, um, speaking of, next week, Thursday, April 22, you're opening for me two shows in Brisbane, mate. Give me your thoughts and feelings around that session ahead of what will no doubt be a pretty large night. <laughs> Wait, wait. let me check my calendar. Oh, so the 20th? Oh, the 20th, sorry. Yeah, there we go. Thursday, the 20th. Um, Mate, familiar faces, worn out places. Wow. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Mate, back at it at Rick's. Code, yo, I was about to say code, we're going to Rick's. We're going to Rick's. We're going to fucking Rick's. Worn out places. <laughs> in their arms in the air. Yes. I think we've got one more year of being able to go to Rick's. Dude, I will say last year I was at Rick's and I was like, everyone here is 17. <laughs> so this this could be our last go around the sun. Yeah, I think it is our last go around the sun. And I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to like... Be that UFC fighter who gets knocked out on his last. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm willing to go one fight too many. Surrounded by like six tequila soda cups. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to walk out of Rick's at 2am and be like, oh, I should never have been in there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to apologize to my friends and family. I know a lot of them told me not to come tonight. They didn't trust me. Oh, God. All right. Well, Rick's next week. Podcast this week. Nice. It's all happening. Whatever, dude, et cetera. <laughs>